Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm Sophie Ellis-Bexter and welcome to Spinning Plates, the podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years, so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing, but can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Hello, how are you doing? I'm just speaking to you from my garden. It's a lovely evening. Um, but, well, it's a bit frustrating. I'm not home for very long. I landed back from Oslo today. I did a festival there in Norway called Over Oslo. Possibly one of the most beautiful festivals I've ever done. Very, very pretty. Up on what is also a ski slope in Oslo, just outside the city centre, looking down over the city pine trees on either side, the backstage sloped down to a beautiful lake where we all went swimming. It's pretty gorgeous, actually. Can you play on me outside? Yes, I'm going to play, Mickey. Outside? Yes, outside, yeah, good idea. And then we're home now. I just unpacked one bag, packed up a load of other bags, and then tonight at 10pm, I'm going on the tour bus. I'm saying that quietly because if Mickey hears you want to come with me. And I'm going to Isle of Wight Festival, playing there tomorrow, Cardiff Pride on Saturday, and Exeter Foodie Festival on Sunday. And home at the beginning of next week for a few days. You want to come, Mix? No, um, I'm coming. You're coming, okay. Um, I'm coming to Italy. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to go to Italy. Uh, that's Jesse bouncing the ball. Yes, Mickey? When can we play outside? Two seconds. I'm just going to tell everybody... Tell my lovely listener about who's this week's guest and then um, play with you, Mickey. This week's guest is Kate Ferdinand. I really liked Kate. Very warm, very likeable. She spoke really well about finding herself a stepmother. She is married to uh, Rio Ferdinand. They have one child together and she also found herself becoming a step-parent to his three children from his uh, first marriage. Uh, age 12, 14, 16 now, but when they met, I think they were sort of five, seven, nine. Oh my Don't gosh. That magnet in my pocket again. Hi, Kim. Do I put it in a bowl? Uh, let it cool down. No, you can't put it in the bottle when it's hot. It will melt the plastic. Take, You've got to the let, take the tea bag out and then just let the, the, um, oh. let it cool. Well, until it's cold, really. Um, one of my sons is making iced tea, uh, but he's in a hurry. You can't be in a hurry with iced tea. Um, 
Sorry, this is a very disjointed introduction for you. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so she's basically a mother for um, one of them, biological mother, and she is expecting another baby. I think she's only about two or three weeks from giving birth, actually. She's also just published two books. One that is for children, a picture book, and one that is for anyone who's looking into what it means to be in a blended family, which is actually a lot of the population. I think it's something like one in four. Oh, golly, I should have researched that. I think it's one in four of the population. We talk about it in the podcast. She's much more accurate than me. Um, sorry for saying um so much. Do you know what? I've probably told you this before, but ages ago, a lady who worked at Radio 4 said to me, I think you have hyperfluency, you never say um. And now every time I say um, I just feel like I'm letting that woman down, letting you down, letting myself down. As I'm, all, as I'm circling the garden talking to you, I'm also stepping over a massive bit of guttering and kit broke off. He kicked a football into the guttering, it's all snapped off the wall. That's annoying. Anyway, Kate was lovely. It's a really lovely conversation. Her books are really beautiful. I own both of them. They're really lovely. The kid's book is a really sweet read. And it's nice, actually, because I, mean, I grew up with two set parents. Um, so I went from one household to another. And I didn't really see family life like that in much culture. I didn't see it on TV. I didn't read it in books. But I know that a lot of my friends were also sharing a similar experience. Anyway, I'm going to go and play with Nikki. Have a listen to lovely Kate, and I'll see you on the other side. So, well, let's start with, how are you? How are you, Kate? Hello. Um, I'm a, today, I'm a little <laughs> bit tired. I think, depending on what day it is, I do answer that question differently is what I've realised. <laughs> uh, I think I spoke to someone the other day, and I'm like, I'm feeling great. Pregnancy's, like, really good this time. And today, I'm shattered. But I'm good. I'm just, it's up and down with the pregnancy. Some days I feel like I can take on the world and some days I'm feeling like I can't get out of bed, in all honesty. Yes, I remember that feeling very well because you're about to be mother of a family of five, which is my situation. I have five kids, so... Yeah. Uh, will I be okay? Can you help me here, please? Um, you know what, you're going to be more than okay. It sounds a little bit weird, but I actually found five a little bit easier than when I had less because you just realise you cannot be all things to all people. So I think it kind of lets you off the hook a tiny bit with, you can't physically be across it all anymore. Not that I ever really was, but you know, that feeling that you have to be. Oh my gosh, you know what, since I've been pregnant... I finally feel like I have had to let go of that because I always strived for, like, perfection, want to do everything, and I've realised I'm, I'm tired. I've got to look after myself and this baby, and I actually can't do anything. And it's kind of, like, set me free a little bit. So I understand completely yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And it's a special time, isn't it? And you've got a very sort of physical manifestation of needing to look after yourself, which is always a good thing for everybody around you as well because they can be like, yes, I definitely need to, you know, ease off on what, on what we're asking her to do. <laughs> Kind of, kind of. <laughs> yes, kind of, <laughs> exactly. Except for your two-year-old who probably hasn't really taken it much into account at all. He know, Well, I mean, he doesn't know. He says baby sister's in the belly, but I don't think he's quite related to that. He's not going to be the centre of attention because he's he's got three big brothers, uh, sorry, three big siblings, two brothers and a sister, and he is kind of like gets all the attention and I think it's going to be a real big shock to the system. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. And also, I think for little ones, it's so abstract. I mean, what does it really mean anywhere? But I mean, even for my kids now, like my youngest is four, and I, him understanding that he used to be in my tummy is quite bonkers to him. 
to be honest, it's quite weird <laughs> for me. Like, you know, when you're pregnant, you think, we actually grow these humans mm-hmm. and then they turn out like a baby and then I'm looking at the big kid's 16 and I, he's not my biological child. I'm thinking, and then it turns into an adult. Like, how does that even happen? It's quite a miracle, isn't it? It absolutely is. I know, it's kind of crazy. And also it starts off, you know, can't even see it. And then it's like, yeah, full-size baby. And when it comes out, I still think it's always a surprise to me of like, oh, yeah, there is an actual baby. Like, I recognise that. Oh, my word. That was in my tummy all that time. Um, Crazy, isn't it? So your baby is just one of a few releases you have this year. (laughs) So you've got two books as well as a baby. It's all the bees, books and babies. So can you tell me a little bit about your books? Because they both sound amazing, but quite different, I think. I'm so excited, and I mean, you can never really plan... You don't really exactly plan for a baby. It just comes when it's the right time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everything has come at once. I'm not complaining, though, because I'm so excited about all three things. So I've got my first book, which is coming out, is called How to Build a Family, and it's all around blended families. Um, basically, when I become a step-parent, I kind of didn't really know where to turn or what to do and just wanted a bit of advice. And I'm hoping that this book is kind of that. Mm. It's got a little bit of my story, um, which is only one story because I'm a stepmom and I live full-time with my stepkids and they've lost their mum. So then it's lots of experts and kind of like everyday people's stories as well of different um, experiences and advice, little tips, kind of like a guide when you're struggling something to pick up and not feel alone so I'm so excited about that it's always nerve-wracking I've brought up one book before and it's a bit nerve-wracking because you know people haven't read it yet and you're really hoping that it's going to be helpful but really excited about it to be honest with you yeah that is lovely and I think it's going to be such an essential bit of reading because I think it's funny because you know, in the build-up talking to you, I was thinking a lot about the blended family idea. I'm I'm from that. I'm a, I'm an only child from my mum and dad, and then they both remarried, and I've got brothers and sisters on both sides. And actually, I don't think I've got very many peers who are from a kind of, I don't know, this sort of, you know, typical, traditional, you know, nuclear family that's portrayed in so many things. But actually, I still feel like it's not really that visible when it comes to looking outside of yourself. You know, if you're normally reading a picture book, if you're watching a film, it's quite often, you know, what someone would sort of write on paper is the typical that actually isn't. And it's complex, isn't it? These things, families are complex in that way. It really is. And that leads me on to my second book, which is <laughs> The Family Tree. And that's more of a kid's book. Because I do feel like exactly what you say. You, I don't really pick up books for my children and can see our family represented in the books. It's normally like your standard mum, dad and kids. And I just want to kind of change the... What's the word? Um, I want that to be available for kids mm. and them to see themselves represented and be normal. And also, one in four families are blended and it's good to be able to see yourself in a book, even if you're not blended, for you to be able to understand other people's situations. So I'm really excited about the kids' book as well because I can't wait to read it to my children. Mm. And it's really similar to our story. It's like a lady that comes along and, you know, the kids aren't that excited about her at the beginning and then all of a sudden they bake a cake and... She, I don't, this isn't me, by the way, because I'm not very good at baking cakes. But she's really good at baking, and they all bring a little bit of something to each other. It's just a really sweet story. It is I'm a really hoping. sweet story. I've actually we'll just, read it. I've, I've oh, read have it. you? Yeah, I have. I was oh, very did you lucky. like it? I, I thought it was adorable, actually, and really beautifully done. And there were some really lovely little details in there. I thought it was really sensitive and... 
I thought, yeah, I thought it was really beautifully done. It's a lovely story. I think my kids would really enjoy it. Oh, my God, that's so good to hear. Because it's not out, not really. I've only had a couple of people read it, so... That's good feedback. Thank you. Yeah, and lovely illustrations as well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I can't take credit for any of that, <laughs> any of the illustrations. <laughs> no, but it's a lovely story. And I think, you know, one in four families, that's a lot of people to be representing out there. And as you say, just to give it a bit of, um, give it some perspective as well so that kids can see themselves reflected out there. I think it's, um, it's so important. And I like the fact that it doesn't shy away in that book from talking about the kids feeling uncomfortable and feeling sad because sometimes when you're small, you can't really always articulate those things, but knowing that those feelings are okay and they're going to come is perfectly normal and okay. Yes, you know what, that's a big thing. I think we always try to say that everything's perfect and everything's okay and we all have to be happy all the time. And you know what, it's not always reality. Mm -mm. So it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be happy, it's okay to feel funny about things. And I really wanted that to come through in the book, so I'm glad that you've said that. Well, I do think as well, you strike me as someone who's so brilliantly in touch with your emotions, and I wondered if you've always been that way. It seems quite yeah. a key part of who you are. You know, a lot of people ask me that question. I think I'm very, I'm quite an emotional being. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm an only child, um, and I didn't um, grow up with my dad around. My mum, we have a kind of like fractured relationship throughout my teenage years and things like that so I always felt as though it was only me who understood me mm. so I really had to get to know and understand myself in order to get through if that makes sense so I'm just really in touch with my feelings and how I feel I'm, I self-assess quite a lot you know I'm always questioning myself am I doing the right thing so I think maybe it's just because of my upbringing yeah well I think so much of our you know upbringing determine so much about us and obviously you didn't know but then you were building this kind of backpack of of things you were going to need when it came to meeting your partner and finding yourself getting to know children who are I guess then they must have been ranging in age from something like five through to about ten and getting to understand that bit of their their childhood and where they were at because one thing I've noticed is such a consistent thing with you and it's so brilliant and gorgeous is that you seem to really want to see your children your older children as whole people and really listen to them and sort of walk in step with them which is the thing I think that can be really tricky for a lot of people whether that's their biological children or not just because sometimes they get older and those forks in the road it's harder work to keep in step with kids as they get older um I just think it's really important that as a child as, a, as anyone but especially as a child you feel heard and like understood um, like I said, sometimes I felt a bit alone and I didn't have those people to talk to when I was younger. And so that's really important for me that my kids feel like, you know, we're listening. We might not necessarily agree with everything that they're saying, um, but just to listen and feel heard, I think, is really powerful. And it helps you feel secure and loved. And for, for me and Rio, um, I feel like I want home to be a safe place where mm. you're, you feel completely that you can be yourself and you've got people to rely on. So... That's a really big factor of our parenting, I'd say. Oh, my goodness. I literally say exactly the same thing with my kids here. I'm like, home should be a space where you can just be exactly who you are and no one's going to mock you or make fun of you or make you feel like you've got to diminish or reduce any aspect of, of who you are. It's got yeah. to be that safe space. The world is going to do enough of that when you get older. You want this to be the bit where they build that resilience in themselves, I think. 
But don't get me wrong, of all these siblings, they'll take the mick out of each other. They, they all like are crazy with each other, but they can feel that they can just be whoever they want to be, really. It's so crucial. And actually, it builds a core of who you are pretty much for the rest of your life, I think, if you have that. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope they all turn out fabulous. Well, I Because as a parent, yeah. you are, sorry to interrupt you, you are just thinking, you're just trying to get it right, aren't you? And you Definitely. do fuck up sometimes or make little mistakes and no one really knows what they're doing so we're all just hoping that our kids turn out great and you don't really know I know it's so true and yeah absolutely it's so funny I was literally talking about that this morning just saying I've realized that like for a lot of my life I have like this woman in my head who's situation is virtually identical to mine except that she does everything that bit better she achieves that bit more she's a bit more across things and it's actually complete bollocks <laughs> it's like so unhelpful having that woman live there <laughs> it is it really is but it's like that comparison and trying to get everything perfect it's just got to let it go haven't we definitely Seriously. and I did think of you when you had you had quite an unusual situation no not the first one that would have gone through it but when you had your first biological baby you obviously already had kids that you were mothering who were that bit older and usually when you have your first baby you're not really sure where the road's going to lead you. When I had my last one, Mickey, who's now four, my eldest was 14. And it was like the most sort of sober, sober time I had him, if you know what I mean, because I knew the, the stages that were going to follow. It wasn't just about that early childhood. And I was wondering how that was for you, having that bit first and then having the baby next. Really confusing, actually, because I, I always say, I feel like I'm kind of okay parenting from six onwards. And I knew it kind of exactly what I was doing because I've got used to that role. <clears throat> Sorry. And all of a sudden a baby comes along and, you know, you're in that first baby bubble and you just sleep when... Well, people say that, but, you know, sleep <laughs> when the baby sleeps, which you don't do. But, no. you know, you just go <laughs> with the baby. It's all about the baby. And I didn't really have that kind of first... It was my first biological child, but I didn't have that first baby experience. And at times I did find that really difficult because... I didn't really know what I was... Well, I didn't know what I was doing for newborn, but I was already a mum. Like, a, not a biological mum, but I feel like a mum. So that was something that... It took me a while to get my head round. But then on the flip side of that, I had these three big kids that, like, adored their new brother and wanted to help, so it was amazing. It's like just a, a kind of roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Um, and I was completely just learning on the job, which everyone is. Um, and I think hopefully it'll be a bit easier this time because I've now gone through it um but it's still the juggle I think it's still like having the new baby for the first time with Cree but then I've still got to do all the pee kits and I've still got to do this and, I, and I'm not really doing it very well because I'm all over the place whereas normally like you say I think you, you're just a bit used to what's come like mm. I don't feel as anxious this time because I've done it if that makes sense yeah of course uh, definitely I definitely think that sets in I also wonder if you've noticed that sometimes little babies and toddlers can be a really good tonic for the older kids like I feel like they're I feel like there should be more of a thing in or maybe in schools where they get like teens to hang out with toddlers and stuff because there's something about the purity of the exchange that just sort of neutralizes some of that teenage angst that can be happening have you noticed that a hundred percent you know what I've never actually thought of it like that but a hundred percent it's like you can't be angry or whatever around a toddler because they're just so much fun. they don't see any bad like it just Cree for example he just brings such good energy to the house it makes us all laugh just simplifies everything really if, mm -hmm. if that makes sense and watching the kids their bond is like it is funny I mean he 
he is a terrible too and we're all just shocked at some of the things he does at the moment. <laughs> but at the same time, he kind of keeps you all young, doesn't he? He brings out that that younger bit in the the big kids as well because they're all grown up, they're teenagers, you know. You know what you're like when it's a teenager. You think you're like so much. Tia's 12 going on like 30. She's like the same, <laughs> wants to be the same age as me. But Cree kind of keeps us all young, if you know what I mean. Definitely. Yeah, because they're playful and irreverent. And it's a bit like, I mean, I sort of liken ha- hanging out with a sort of someone aged between two and four, a little bit like hanging out with a drunk person. Like anything can happen next. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Any range of emotions. You never know. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Blended because obviously that's a huge part of your life, the community and the podcast. And when I started this podcast, I did it really quite selfishly because for me, I think I'd always slightly, still was recalibrating and helping to, I don't know, feel less guilty about my relationship, my work, whilst also raising my family. And I wondered what it was you were looking for when you started Blended. Mm, You know, I kind of felt... I've I've never really known what I'm do like what I want to do. Is that amazing? you know like as a kid, you know my kids want to be footballers. They want to be a footballer. I've never really known what I wanted to do. I've had lots of jobs, fallen into them. I think blended was kind of the same. This wasn't like a life plan. I didn't know that I was going to end up in a blended family and here I would be today. But it just kind of felt like right for me and I just wanted to like release like some kind of emotion because I've had so much to say um but not really like a safe place to do it Mm. and I feel like so many important conversations need to be had around blended families but sometimes everything get twisted so for me it was just it's kind of like therapy for me I have to be honest I meet so many amazing people and guests and it kind of helps me um it helps me like express how I'm feeling. When I meet other people, I feel less alone. I didn't really know what would happen with it. I set it up hoping it would be good and not really knowing if there'd be a need for it, if there's people that are really going to listen. But it's really surprised me. It feels like kind of maybe I was brought into this situation to do this mm. because it was. I feel like it was kind of meant to be. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because as soon as I saw you were doing that, I was like, that's absolutely brilliant and timely and... I think, you know, as a stepchild myself, I've often thought a lot about what it must have been like for my step-parents when they met me and then the bonds that we fought and the the bits where I feel like it went really well for us and the bits that I think have been a bit trickier. And, you know, as it happens, my stepdad, John, who sadly died um, nearly three years ago, we were so close and he definitely was like, you know, helped shape me, he had a hand in raising me. I feel like I'm who I am partly because John was one of my parents. So I think that that role sometimes can be a bit undefined, but that's actually what makes it can have the potential to be something really special because it is slightly other and that's actually completely okay. Family can be made up of lots of that. I think that's really important. And it you know it can be full of love and things that are really special, but I quite I just I just know in my heart what it meant to me to have step parents and how I think there are so many people out there and having that community and the conversations that you're having is so vital, especially because some of it can be awkward and people don't know how to articulate things. And I can see as well that you've put so much emphasis on wanting to say that what you might see online might look like perfection. Your brain fills in gaps, doesn't it? And says, oh, that looks like they've got it sorted. But actually, all the multitude of ways we're feeling and the bits where we feel that we're actually getting it a bit wrong or we've just had a bad day or something's not gone the way you wanted, 
it's really good to just lift the veil on that a little bit. You must have had some really amazing conversations with people just casually as a result of it as well. That's so It's so nice to hear you speak so lovely about your stepdad. I love hearing people, you know, speak like that because I feel like there's been a real big gap and you don't, you don't really hear much about step-parents. So being creating Blended, I just meet people down the street that tell me their stories. I and I just thinking think that must happen to you a lot. It happens all the time. <laughs> and we're just like, wow, you just don't really realise the power of it. Um, so I get to meet loads of amazing people. I get to hear their stories. I, you get to feel less alone because we are all human. I think, you know, you can look at people on social media and think they've got it all together we bloody haven't. <laughs> it might look like it, but we haven't. So I feel some kind of power in sharing that, you know, I, I don't really know what I'm doing sometimes and I do make mistakes. That makes me feel like I've got less to live up to yeah, as well. definitely. Because it's quite a lot of pressure. I don't know if you feel that sometimes, like just social media and the yeah. pressure of looking good and being a great mum, being a great step-parent, not making a mistake, not doing... You know, it's just like, whoa, it's overwhelming sometimes. Definitely. And also I think... You know, with you saying to people what you see might not be the whole story is probably because sometimes all of us have looked at it and we've done that. You Maybe sometimes you've looked at things and thought, oh, they've got it sorted. And it's actually, it's good to remind yourself that's not the reality. We're so used to, you know, that's become part of our, like, what we're consuming every day now, hasn't it? I sort of wake up and then I'll sort of check Instagram pretty much. <laughs> oh, my God. So I've got to be honest, I stopped doing this for quite a while, so I, I made a conscious effort to not wake up and check Instagram. But I've fallen back into the habit maybe since... I think since I was on holiday a couple of weeks ago, you know, just a bit more relaxed. But I don't think it's healthy mm. to wake up and click on that bloody Instagram thing because the minute you get up, you think, oh, oh, shit, someone's in the gym. I'm slim. Better. Or you can't, <laughs> it's it's so like true. a natural... Oh, she's had a green juice this morning. I've stopped my green juices. Shit, should I be having a green juice again? You know, like... And really, you, you start feeling bad for, like, most stupidest things. Mm. So I need to remind myself that I'm not going to click on it first thing in the morning. Okay, I'm going to do the same. I think it, it helps you. I have, like, these manifesting cards that I have that I brush my teeth and I put them next to my my sink and I read them out every morning um, and they really help change my mindset. So I've just got to not click on the Instagram before I get there, I think. Yeah, okay, I'm going to do the same. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. How, it's hard because it's like ingrained in us that you just wake up and click on it but I don't think it's too healthy for us yeah and it's so true that thing when you that's what made me giggle when you're saying about oh it's someone in the gym and I'll be like oh someone's doing a live and it's like oh no it's a bloody workout I don't want to see that at like half six in the morning like good for you but, but you know there. I used to be that person like since I'm pregnant you know I still work out but I'm, I'm a bit a bit slower on myself and just chilling I'd be the one uploading at 6.30 and I think to myself, God, I must have annoyed a lot of people <laughs> no. when, they're, when they're getting up later. Because you can't help but compare yourself. It's, it's yeah. hard. Well, for the record, it doesn't annoy me. I'm all just like, that's great. But that's just, <laughs> I'm still in my dressing gown, so. <laughs> Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, but it's funny because I speak to a lot of women um, about their, you know, their careers, their work. And some women have had they've had the, the thing they've been doing since they were young. So I don't know, I've, I've spoken to like chefs, let's say, and they've been chefing since they were young and then they have their baby and then they just sort of scoop the baby along and then they continue doing their chef work. But for you, you everything you're up to, all, all concentric circles have come out of the person you happened to fall in love with just over five years ago. I think that's pretty incredible, actually. Like your whole world has changed. I mean, does that... Is that something you've thought about, about how defining no. it's been for everything you do? I haven't actually. Sorry to interrupt you. I haven't actually thought about it like that, um, which is kind of crazy, isn't it? Because where would I be if I wasn't here right now? I, I have, I've got no idea. It, like I said, it is kind of like I do believe in like you've got a path and it's kind of there and you mm. follow it. And I feel like maybe this path was just meant for me and my whole life has completely changed um sometimes people I went out of my I don't go out often by the way I haven't been out in months I went for dinner with my friends last night and they're all telling me these stories and I'm like they're like Kate do you remember and I'm like no I don't even know what you guys are talking about <laughs> because I must have like a, I feel like I've got a different life because my life changed so drastically mm. over such a short period of time I seem to have a bit of a block out of memory I feel like my whole being has changed like I've completely had to change overnight and it's yeah it just changed me completely and did you always want to be a mum was that always something you thought would be part of your life I always wanted to be a mum I always wanted to have a big family because again I was an only child and just live with my mum and sometimes you know there wasn't much going on in the house so I've got that but I just didn't know it would come in this way so it's a blessing it's kind of like I must have prayed for it and it's come to me but just not in the way that I thought it would have yeah I mean I think I mean, that happens to us all in one way or another. It's funny, I've got this sort of recurring idea in my head where I picture myself at secondary school and we're all at our desks and then the teacher hands us all a sort of A4 envelope. And when you pull it out, it's basically a snapshot of your life at like 30. And it shows you like... And I, I imagine myself opening this thing going, who are all these like little redhead boys? And who's that guy? <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's your husband. Those are your children. And you're like, really? Because like the way you picture life when you're a kid is so different. And sometimes there must be times when, you know, you're you're sat, I don't know, on the sofa, all of you watching a film, and you just look around the room and you're like, whoa, this is my family. It's, I think yeah. it's magical, actually. I really love the way that life does that, does that for us. It is mad, isn't it? You do, you do just have those moments where you sit back and take it in and think, wow. And I think especially because my family have come to me in a, like, non-conventional way, I suppose, and I didn't give birth to them, I haven't been through that full journey with them, that sometimes I think... 
it's crazy how I'm actually here and this is working and we've got these two new babies coming along and how we like like I just it, I can't it's crazy sometimes like you know if you, it's kind of like what's that um sliding doors mm. like if I hadn't have been on that beach at that particular time and met Rio where would we all be now I don't know yeah, and I think I listened to an interview you did just before, well, it was actually before you were even pregnant with Cree, actually, and you were talking about how the kids have been putting a little bit of pressure on you guys to have a baby, and <laughs> even leading up to, I think, the, the teenage boys saying, is it going to be tonight? Do you think maybe tonight you'll oh, make God. a baby? <laughs> Which actually really reminds me of when I was pregnant with my last one, and I told the kids, and one of them went, oh, right, so you had SEX last night. And I was like, <laughs> firstly, your bio sense of how biology works is pretty off. I need to work on that. But the other one went, why didn't you tell us you, you did that? And I was like, I don't think you want part of your childhood to be your dad and I telling you every time that that's a possibility. Like, it just that's, that's not a great part of childhood. But you were also talking about how you thought that a baby would bring you closer together as a family. And I wondered if that's something you, could, you felt when you had Cree. By the way, that's so funny because teenagers are the, the things they ask you. <laughs> I think if we could just have like a show of just quotes from kids that they say to their parents, sometimes it just takes you back and you don't know how to respond, do you? Oh my god, that, daily I think that happens to yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> um, but Cree has you know I was that must have been a couple of years ago now, so I was nervous about even prior to having Cree the arrival and would it change the dynamic? What would it be like? But honestly, he's just brought. I couldn't have wished for it to be better he's brought us all close together seeing the bond between the big kids and him is so special I mean I was so nervous that maybe they might not see each other as brothers and look I mean we I knew they were deep down but it's that it's like you say it's that little voice in the side of your head that's going is it going to be okay are they going to everyone going to think they're siblings they're siblings they all love each other he adores them they adore him and he's kind of like knitted us together a little bit I feel like hmm yeah, yeah, I think I think when I had my... So my mum and stepdad had my little brother, Jack, which is when I was eight. For me, it was like... It just sealed the, the association in my head that new babies are just always a really positive thing. It's always a happy thing. The, the babies are always completely, the, you know, the innocence in it all. But also, it's like this sort of new chapter, a new beginning. And I think for families, if that does happen, it can just be this thing that kind of just all gives you this this new start that's how things are now, the new dynamic. Yeah, 100%. They bring so much happiness. But don't get wrong that it has changed the dynamic because everything obviously was... Lorenz, Tate and Tia are of a similar age. They can kind of do all the same activities together and mm. that that all flowed quite easily. Whereas with Cree and now the new baby, there's such a big age gap. So the... Yeah. Cree's two and a half, two, God, I don't know how old is he, two and a bit, and then Tia is just turned 12, so there's 10 years between them, and then Lorenz is the oldest, he's just turned 16, so there's like 14 years, so it's like very difficult to find things now that everyone, that is everyone's happy with, because it's, it's, it's hard, the things that Cree wants to do, the big kid's can't do so I do find that sometimes I get really bad guilt about that um naturally Cree takes up more of my time because he's two mm. as in he's hands-on he needs full-blown attention he doesn't just go and sit in his room and have a chill out like teenagers but I've, I really have to think carefully and manage 
so that I feel like everyone's feeling okay. But but naturally, he gets dragged along to do something that he doesn't want to do, and they get dragged along to soft play and something they <laughs> don't want to do sometimes. But I think that's just part of having kids with such a big age gap. Yeah, and actually, that's there's 14 years between my eldest and my youngest, and. I think the biggest one that I always feel guilty about is actually, it's so stupid, but it's board games. Like, none of my older kids can play any board games because I've never been able to get the board game out with all the pieces before the youngest will just completely destroy it. So I always feel really guilty. They're allowed to play Cluedo or Scrabble or, you know, Monopoly. They'd just be like, ooh, houses. <laughs> So what do you do? What activities do you do as a family? Can you do that? The only thing I can do is go for a walk where everyone can go to the park and go for a walk and he will run off on his bike, we'll all chat and that's okay. But down to actual activities without being separated is quite difficult. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It is quite tricky. I think the best way I've found around it is to sort of have it where everybody has got slightly their own version of what you're up to. And now that my eldest is nearly, he's going to be 19 this week, actually, then it's all about, like, we, I went on holiday last week with my mum to Whitstable, and I only took the little three, and I left the two teens at home because I was like, they're going to be bored. So I think it's like a bit of sort of divide and conquer sometimes. Because actually, you do have different wants, and you have to make sure everybody feels like they've got the thing that works for them. I suppose... Yeah, I mean, it must be something that every family finds when they've got that big gap, age gap and age spread. But I don't really know. I'm trying to think of anything other than a walk or, like, open space, and I can't really think of much. Um, Festivals are pretty good. I can recommend festivals because there's often stuff that the little ones can do and the big kids can have a little bit more freedom, but you'll all end up doing things together too. So, yeah, basically everything leads to, like, wide open spaces, basically. Just chuck them in a field, basically. (laughs) Fields is it. So that's going to be your next decade. (laughs) No, but I think um, they do kind of feel... And I know what you mean about feeling guilty because I think... I always feel like with my kids, they didn't choose to be part of such a big family. That's something that I've kind of encouraged. But actually... However the cards fall, there's always positives and negatives on, on every side, isn't there, with your family? It, ca- it can't be all the stuff you want all the time. That's just not, not how it works. Yeah, so. and there's so much joy with the young ones. Mm. They, he, like, for example, Cree, he brings so much joy and happiness and like daily happiness and laughs to the house because he's just funny. But then at the weekends, it is a bit annoying when they want to go shopping and he's smashing all the stuff off the side in Zara and I'm like we can't go shopping with a toddler so there's pros and cons I suppose and you do have to leave some of the kids behind sometimes but sometimes it's right Cree's getting looked after today and I'm going to actually do something with the big kids because they need it and it it just has to be like that sometimes that is exactly what I do and I'm sure you know your the things you've been doing at Blended you get asked a lot of times about what your advice is for being a step-parent. But before we talk about that, I wanted to know what's the best bit of advice that you've got or maybe your favourite bit of advice in your book? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> My flummoxed you. You <laughs> put me on the spot there. It doesn't have to be one thing. It could be something <laughs> general. But I just, I bet there's been a few things that have really popped out that have come through those conversations and that book that's, that might be something that's helped you a little bit. You know what? I feel like I'm so fortunate. I meet so many people so many experts and like specialists in their fields that give me so many great tips um it's hard to pinpoint one but I think mainly it's probably just look after yourself don't be hard on yourself because as a parent you're hard on yourself and as a step parent I think there's just a little bit 
for me personally, anyway, I'm even tougher on myself. And it's just about taking the edge off of that, making a little bit of time for yourself. And that's saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think when I first become a step parent, I thought I could, I thought I could do everything. And I felt like I was selfish when I needed time for myself away from my kids. Whereas now I've realised from all the people that I speak to, you have to have that, you mm. have to be you. Um, and it's not selfish because you come back, you know, revitalised and ready for whatever's to come in the family. So I think it's more about just making that time for you, I would say, that I've, I've found most useful for my life. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. And you know, the thing is, no one ever gives you a medal if you haven't done that for yourself at the end of the year, actually. Like, that kind of sort of feeling like you've almost martyred yourself to to that. It's, no one actually appreciates that. And actually, it's quite easy for you to feel a bit diminished and, like, the edges of yourself have been knocked off if you haven't given yourself anything that's just for yourself. So I think that, that being that little tiny bit selfish in that way is actually it's good for everybody, actually. Yeah, it is, because no one likes a stroppy, moany parent, do they? And, I mean, the, the, sometimes you just need a minute. And the kids, <laughs> I remember not long ago, I think, I was going to the spa, like, I don't know, and I was going for one day, and Tia said to me, why don't you go for longer? And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I really need a break. I must have been being really um, shouty. <laughs> why don't you go for longer? Uh, it's funny, isn't it? So you just need a break sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's 15 minutes where you just think, you know what, I'm walking around the block just to have 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I think that headspace is pretty darn vital, actually. Yeah. And um, I think I read something you'd said once where you said that somebody had recommended just lying on the floor for a few minutes as well as a way. I mean, it's a bit like a sort of toddler move. That's what they would do as well. It's quite instinctive, maybe just like splat. <laughs> it's actually amazing how, oh, by the way, I do that all the time, but how much energy that releases mm. just to lay on your back on the floor and not really think of anything for like yeah. a couple of minutes actually really helps. But you do look a bit crazy if someone walks in the room. You're just like, I need a minute. I'm just lying on the floor. But it does work. No, I'm definitely going to try it. I did wonder, are there things, I mean, what's it like when your kid's childhood is quite different to your own? Are there things that are quite similar in their childhood to yours, do you think? Are there elements you wanted to bring in or is it something where you really feel like you've written your own map? Um, I mean... Is it similar? I think it's not... Oh, you know, it's so different, I think. I've been, you're, did you say you're an only child? I was from my mum and dad, yeah. So I didn't oh, have yeah. a sibling till I was eight. So, yeah, I had that bit, which actually was really defining, particularly the years when it was just my mum and I. I'd see my dad every other weekend, but I had about three or four years where it was just my mum and I living together. And I think that was quite... A, it, it does kind of shape... It shape, definitely shaped our relationship, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think it's quite different, you know... There is big differences, obviously. Oh, it's hard. I, oh, that's a hard question. I'm not sure. I try to, Rio and I both try to bring in certain things, you know, that we've learned from our childhood or things that we didn't love that we want to change and implement that in our kids. But I don't see too many similarities, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I know. Well, I think in some ways maybe, you know, when you meet someone and you fall for them, you don't know what it is you're going to be getting involved with in their life anyway. And maybe sometimes that thing of completely, like, clean slate like for example with my stepdad he didn't even know any kids I was like pretty much the first child he'd ever like sat with so it kind of meant that we just worked it out for ourselves and I think there was a lot of that that actually was really beneficial to us because it meant there wasn't anything we were trying to follow his dad had died before he was even a teenager 
So all of that was like new and we could just define our own way. And I think there's sometimes some some good things that come along with that, with having your own way of doing things. Yeah, I suppose that's it. Like we, I, like I said at the beginning, I didn't really have like anyone to like look up to in the public or where to turn. I didn't really know where to go for advice. So it means that we're all just kind of learning on the job mm. and had to talk about how we felt and figure it out, which I think is probably the best the best way because you're all in it. It's not like just Rio and I making decisions. We're in this as a family mm. and we're, we're kind of doing it all together. But although saying that, it would have been helpful to have just a little something, to have a little bit of reassurance that you're not getting it wrong or, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. Because in those early days, I did think, is it going to be okay? Like, well, it was just, it was really tough. So that's why I'm hoping this book will just be a little bit of reassurance for some people that are having that kind of mindset yeah I think it's going to be more than a little bit of reassurance I think that whole thing of knowing that you're not alone and having other people who've been through stuff I think it's huge actually and we've got so much better now I think at being transparent about things that are challenging awkward tricky where you can find that community it's kind of become such a happy resource I think that you can tip into that and go oh look there's other people it's not identical but I really resonate with all those things they've just described that really makes sense to me I love it and that's why I love listening to those people's podcasts and you know like having chats like this because they just it's just about not feeling alone isn't it It helps you so much Mm, definitely definitely it's funny because I often ask people what was going on in their life when they first became a parent but I wonder if for you it's almost got several answers to that because when you think back to that time when you first met the kids I guess then you were still at the time doing TOWIE does that feel like another lifetime ago now that feels like a whole different person that sometimes I struggle to even remember back then um yeah I was still on TOWIE and my life was polar opposite to what it is now um yeah I wasn't prepared to to have children. I was kind of doing my own thing. I was on a reality TV show, lots of drama, just going with the flow of life and seeing what will happen, really. Knowing that I didn't really want to be on it forever, but not really knowing what my next step was. Like I said previously, like I don't really, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but, you know, just going with the flow. So it was a bit of a shock to the system becoming a step-parent, but it kind of saved me as well. I always say that, like, I feel like we all kind of saved each other. Um... So that that's special. But Can it you is talk funny. a bit more about that? What do you mean it saved you? That sounds really amazing. That's a lovely I thing to like say. I feel like I was kind of... I didn't really know what I was doing. I don't know, it just... That's, how do I explain that? I, I feel what Rio and I say we saved each other because he was having a really difficult time. He's lost his wife. He lost his mum shortly after I met him. You know, he was going through a lot. And I was also in this world, I was on a reality show with my ex-partner, kind of in this, like, turbulent kind of world that you ended up in for drama that didn't really feel safe. And then we came together and we kind of created this new world and we kind of saved each other, if that makes sense. Like, we started a new beginning, which we all really needed. Yeah, and it sounds like maybe if you're saying it was a bit turbulent then and maybe feeling a bit aimless, like, not quite sure, but now you feel like with blended and the book and everything that's up there you've you mean you almost describe it like a vocation like you found the thing you feel like you were supposed to be doing yeah yeah and it's really funny because at the beginning even of being a stepmom I didn't realize that we'd get here 
now and I'd be doing all of this. Um, but it's just funny how things work out when you think of it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And also you were young, like you're only in your 20s. That's a lot to be, not every 20-something is dealing with those things. But I think every time I've listened to you talk, I just, it really makes my heart happy when I hear you talk about your children. And I think it's really, I, it's not something to take lightly how you refer to your stepchildren as your children, because that's not a given. That is not how everybody feels or how everybody takes on that role. And of course, no parent ever wants to think about the idea of someone else parenting their kids if they weren't here but I do know that if it was ever the case I would want someone who speaks about my kids the way you speak about your your kids you're gonna make me cry (laughs) um oh do you know what is thank you and it is hard because I know that some people see me speaking like that and think but they're not her children and we've had so many conversations in the house about this and you know I know that I'm that they're not my, I'm not their mum. I think that's what we say. I'm not their mum. They've got a mum who unfortunately isn't here. But all of them are my children and we've spoken, we all feel comfortable with that. I think it's kind of hard to grasp that and sometimes from the outside people think that may be disrespectful but that's just how it works in our house. Yeah, and I also think in the nicest possible way, I don't think you owe anyone else an explanation because when it comes down to it, when those four walls are around you and you're with your family... That is what it is. I don't think yeah. people need to know. Like, if they're going to get bogged down in in words, that's really just semantics. Because actually, you calling them your children is actually a show of the bond that you have and that that nurture, that maternal, you know, figurative arms around them. That's to me how I take that. I don't think that's to do with anything else. But also, if people don't get that, we don't need to necessarily explain how our families work to other people because they're not there. Ultimately, they don't go home to it. Only you do. <laughs> It's true, and I need to take that mindset more often sometimes because I do sometimes get caught up thinking how it might seem. But I think it's much more harmful for me to say, I don't feel this, I feel like they're all my children, but it would be much more harmful for me to say, well, here's my kid, but them three over there aren't. What would that do to a child? Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, I know, and especially because, you know, the kids are always the innocent in it all. And actually, what does every kid want want from their, their childhood? To be, to be seen, to feel heard to feel loved and safe. That's that's like the, the big broad brushstrokes of what we're hoping to put around them. And through that, you create these people who've got like that extra thing in their core of like, I had that, I still have that. I can always go back to that. It's, it's, it's kind of everything, I think. It really is, isn't it? It just completely shapes who you are, who you become, like everything. Yeah, and it's an ongoing thing. It evolves. And I think the other thing I've, I've been thinking about while I was thinking about you and the older kids, I think we always think... We tend to think of parenting all about that kind of early years bit and how well you are, you know, you cope with having a newborn and having a toddler and a five-year-old and all that. But actually parenting doesn't stop. And there's bits that I feel I'm better at when they get older. And that doesn't mean I'm a worse parent because I was not so good when they were like 18 months and chewing on, you know, building blocks in the playroom. (laughs) I think it's actually, I like the fact that I feel like I can be quite, you know, better mum in some ways when they get older. I think we kind of like overlook that stage of, parenting sometimes oh yeah I think gosh having like you've got the same such a range of kids it's so the parenting is so different for each age you know like with Cree I find I love him dearly but I find it quite difficult it's really hands-on all the time he doesn't understand what I'm saying or asking him to do and it's like love him but it's draining at times 
I mean, it's still drained with the big kids at times when they're having their little tantrums, but I like to be able to communicate and I enjoy that stage of talking to them and understanding them and like seeing who they are come out. Like, I, I think I prefer the kind of when you get to the stage of being able to really communicate and see like their personalities coming through and yes. all that kind of work that you've put in and the parents have put in, you, you can see them turn into, you know, little adults. It's like quite a nice feeling. Yeah, it's lovely. And it's interesting because they can have such like unique perspectives on things and you're like, oh, you're, you're completely your own person. Like that you just yeah. came up with that all by yourself. And I think that's really exciting. You can have some really good conversations and also some... Really stressful, annoying ones as well. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, I, I guess you're in the home stretch now with your baby and I wish you all the best with your, with your new baby and um, also, of course, with your books. <laughs> and keep doing what you're doing, Kate. I think everything you're doing with Blended is absolutely brilliant. I love it and it really speaks to me, actually. It resonates, so thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. It's been lovely talking to you <laughs> and that all means so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Sorry, I'm still in the garden. So isn't, wasn't Kate lovely? Such a nice woman, so warm. And I just love the emphasis she put on the kids when it came to coming into a relationship where the guy she fell in love with happened to have a family. It's just such a precious it's thing to see those. Come on then, I'll push you on the swing. That's very muddy, sorry about that. In the meantime, so guess what? We're in our episode, it was 99. Next week is episode 100. So I wanted to kind of end with a bit of a you know grand finale 100th episode and let me tell you i have delivered <laughs> that was mickey kicking the ipad out of my hands with his feet while i was talking to you that was funny wasn't it mickey um yes next week's guest is a lady called julia hart she has a netflix documentary series reality show my unorthodox life her story is fascinating can't wait for you to listen to that uh, and in the meantime I'm pushing a swing I've got another four hours three hours at home before I have to leave again hopefully my children will remember my face I'm back on Sunday night it's not too bad really they've got lovely plans for the weekend I kind of made sure that we're going to Italy house. I'm not going to Italy this weekend you nugget no we're going to Italy. we will in the summer holidays Mickey be careful with your feet you're about to bash them oh my god he's swinging in a really weird way why <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mickey. <laughs> Sorry. All right, anyway. Have a lovely week, you. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you to LMA for the artwork, Richard for editing, Claire for producing, you for listening, Kate for chatting to me. And thanks to my kids for not making too much. Oh, speak of the devil. I'm not going inside. I'm just walking over here so I don't kick the iPad again. All right. I'm not going inside, I'm just walking over here. <laughs> Boys, say bye to the person listening to Spinning Plates. Bye. <laughs> bye, I'll see you next week. That's love, bye.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.